Welcome to Ben Davis Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Davis, and I'm excited to have a conversation with you about one of my favorite things in the world, movies. Joining me this week is my wonderful wife, Carly. How are you doing today? I am doing swell. How are you doing? I'm hanging in there, doing as best I can, all the things. The very best. Uh-huh. Post mm-hmm. In this post-Christmas 2020 world. Yeah. The mm-hmm. last days of 2020. Mm-hmm. Another year has gone by. Celine Dion cue. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, you spoiled me for Christmas. You got me all the Dune figures. Yeah. Very excited about that. I got you the Dune books. You did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you've already read one of them. You read one and a half. Actually. Yeah, you did that in a day. I did it in two days. Yeah, that's still that's a very dense book. That took me. It's a, not a dense book. It's just a long book. It took me a long time to read that, and you did that. It was good. It was a page turner. Yeah. It's a really good book. I'm like between quarter and halfway into Messiah, and it's different, but it's also very good. Yeah. And the movies, from what I've understood, they're doing Dune in two parts, the Mm. first book. Makes sense. And then they're doing um, Messiah as the third movie. Mm -hmm. I don't think they're ever going to go into Children of Dune. But interesting. Who knows? They might. Depends on how successful the movies are. But you know, speaking of, of movies, um, have you watched anything recently that you would want to recommend? We've watched a lot of things recently. We have. Had kind of the end of holidays, end of the semester downtime. Um, so right now I am on episode five of Bridgerton on Netflix. It's not a movie, but it's the, the TV show, um, Shonda Rhimes' latest latest adventure i guess and it's been very good i really am enjoying that a lot um we also watched soul which i really enjoyed if you haven't seen soul yet very kind of uplifting movie yeah i agree um we watched greenland too oh greenland that was was really stressful that was surprisingly really really good it reminded me of okay now it's i have to preface this it's not as good as castaway but Castaway is essentially a breakup movie, but it it's really a breakup movie. Once you boil it down, that's what the movie's about. This movie, Greenland, is really about a broken marriage, and it's about coming together, mm-hmm. their marriage coming together, and everything else is just kind of like a backdrop. But a very intense backdrop. A very, very intense backdrop. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> And the metaphors, like going, like the world collapsing in on them, I guess you could say, it's kind of like a metaphor for their marriage, the couple's marriage. I don't know. I just, Maybe. I, I really, really dug it. Yeah. It I really, good. really dug it. Gerard um, Butler, always. Yes, yes. Even if the movie sucks, I still like him. Mm-hmm. Um, but much like you stated, we watched Soul, but we also watched Wonder Woman 1984. Mm-hmm. Um, we watched that in a double feature last night. And. That was kind of a treat, honestly. You know, first off, I, I thought I would I would miss the movie theaters, and while you know while I was watching these movies, because I really I love the movie theater going experience. I love sitting down, getting my popcorn, getting my large coke, being in there with an audience. Thought I'd miss it, I didn't. Yeah, see, and you and I are different that way because I hate going to the movie theater. I think our popcorn is better at home. I do not want to sit in a room with people I don't know. It gives me very bad anxiety. So. 
I think our, we don't have technically a home theater, but we turned off all the lights in the living room and that home theater experience I think was better. Well, we have a pretty big TV. We do have a big TV and an unreasonable sound system. It's not unreasonable. It's unreasonably. Unreasonable. Unreasonably awesome. Unreasonably echoey in a small space. (laughs) It's awesome. I love it. But to me though, like... I love the theater going experience. I will have to disagree with you on the popcorn and you all don't that. think our home air pop popcorn Absolutely is better not. than movie theater? Not popcorn. it's not even close. Ugh. It's not even Blast. close. It's got real butter on it. Yeah, it no, it's when not I even close. I can convince you to quit buying that fakey oil butter crap. Yeah, see, no, it's not even close. It's not even a comparison. The popcorn at the movie theaters just straight up dunk on the popcorn that we make here, that which is, is still good. It's still good. But there's something about movie theater popcorn that's just great. But, you know, I love, you know, a good crowd and, and being in there with a bunch of people that make an experience better. But a crowd doesn't make a movie better. And if you want a crowd, why don't you just invite your friends over that you know will dig this movie as much as you and you can, well, like, high five. Well, after the pandemic, of course. Like, you can still do that. Yeah. Like, that's still an option. Depending on what Warner Brothers decides to do, it's still, in in movie theaters, you know, depending on what they end up doing, you know, if they can stay afloat, this could be the future. And it would be just like inviting your friends over for a Super Bowl party. doesn't make the Super Bowl party less better. That's true. Yeah. I still prefer to watch things in our house by ourselves with the dogs. But it was, it was nice to be able to pause the movie if I needed to, and I was not, you know, we, we didn't have the unfortunate experience of being interrupted by some rando person causing a ruckus. So that made a it A ruckus, nice. indeed. A, a ruckus. We've had many ruckuses at movie theaters. Yes, we have. Yeah. Um, so as far as the movies themselves, like, I really enjoyed Wonder Woman 1984, and I, I kind of put an emphasis on really, I really enjoyed Wonder Woman 1984. Mm-hmm. Um, it certainly has its flaws, you know, the way that Chris Pine comes back, the the bad mall action sequence, uh, and it was a bit wacky in comparison to the first. It's much more in line with the tone of Aquaman, but it doesn't really work for this because that was Aquaman's first movie. This was uh, uh, Wonder Woman's second movie. Right. So it doesn't work as well. But overall, I, I had a good time. I was entertained by it. It reminded me a lot of like the, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. You know, kind of like a love letter to those and the Donner Superman movies, which I'm notoriously not the biggest fan of, the Donner Superman movies. I don't um, know what a Donner Superman movie is. Richard Donner. He is a director. I eight people in a mountain pass. No. Richard yeah, Donner is a director of Lethal Weapon 1, 2, 3, and 4. He directed The Omen. He directed Superman 1 and then kind of directed Superman 2. Hmm. Um, Superman 1, the original one, is kind of like that seminal superhero film that people used to go back to say, oh, this is how you make superhero movies. And then like a decade later, you had the Tim Burton Batman movie come out and people are like, oh, well, this is how you make a Superman movie. So people till this day still say, oh, you know, this is when, when a new superhero film comes out that's even slightly hopeful. Oh, this is as good as Richard Donner's Superman movie. It's like one of those like clickbaity line things that people like to use when describing things. Hmm. Kind of like you know when people like to describe Captain America: The uh, Winter Soldier. Oh, it's a political spy thriller. Mm, eh, sorta. It's still mostly a superhero movie. Yeah, I see what you're going for. 
However, we have gotten considerably off the point of the show. I feel like I've been bait and switched. No, no. We're still going to... No, we're not talking about the movie. That is the movie of the season. We can get back on it. (laughs) I got to go off on my tangents here. I thought Gal Gadot was great. You know, I thought that Chris Pine was, of course, terrific in this. The chemistry that Gal Gadot and Pine have is incredible. I thought Pedro Pascal was, you know, a slow stealer as Maxwell Lord. And I thought Kristen Wiig was terrific as Cheetah. Yeah, she was really good. Um, Again, the movie's certainly not perfect, but the message of of hope and optimism really stuck with me as well. Um, As this really one emotional moment that kind of hit home with me, I really liked a lot. Um, Doesn't have the highs of Wonder Woman, um, the first one, in particular the you know the No Man's Land sequence. But I thought you know it was a more entertaining movie all around. You know, Soul, on the other hand, like you said, was an amazing movie. There, you know. These are two different very movies, but I feel like this had a lot in common with like how I reacted to Little Women last year. You know, oh, yeah. as the movie ended, I went, okay, this that was good. But by the end of you know our conversation, I, I started to really love it. You know, that being said, if I had one criticism about this movie, is that I don't think a four year you know a four or six year old would like this movie i think they would be we have talked to two people with think, five and six year olds who both to, really like we've talked it. to one person and that was an incredibly smart four or six year old that's true we do have some pretty smart uh yeah. smart kids in this discussion i've talked to two people though with younger kids who liked it i thought you had only talked to one two. Hmm. well regardless that's two if you sit down your average four or six year old they're not this movie's not going to hold their attention and it's not going to be one that they put in their DVD player or put on their queue on Net- Netflix or this will be on Disney Plus. So Disney Plus, this isn't going to be it. Yeah, but I think, I mean, in that respect, it's it's not a musical. Like, there's music in the movie, but they don't walk around singing. Beautiful music in the movie. Absolutely. But I think anytime it's not like a Disney-style musical where the characters sing to you, you're at yeah. a disadvantage. Yeah. Um but yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a great movie. I think it's you know one of Pixar's most mature movies. It's the, it's not my favorite Pixar movie, but it's really really good. Hmm. Yeah. But um, before we move on to our main topic for this week, I wanted to give you guys a little bit of a heads up. So you guys are aware December has been quite the month for me, and our usual schedule has been rather hit and miss. Uh, so with that being said, we will not be covering Love Actually this month. Oh, shucks. Yeah. Uh, scheduling was really a big factor for this one. Uh, I promise we will get more on schedule in the coming weeks now that everything is starting to slow down a bit in the Davis household. And I, I look forward to, to the next couple months and their, their topics. So with that being said, so Carly can be happy, let's move on to our last movie that we'll be covering on the topic of uh, Christmas movies, Christmas Vacation, a film directed Yo. by Jeremiah, Jeremiah S. Uh, Chekchik and starring Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, Johnny uh, Galicki, and Juliette Lewis and Randy Quaid. If you aren't familiar with Christmas va- Vacation, plot synopsis reads like such according to Google. As the holidays approach, Clark Griswold wants to have the perfect family Christmas, so he uh, pesters his wife, Ellen, and his children as he tries to make everything or make sure everything is in line, including the tree, the house, and the decorations. However, things go awry quickly. His hick cousin, Eddie, and his family show up unplanned and start living 
in their camper on the Griswold's property. Even worse, Clark's employers renege on the Hollywood bonus he needs. This is my favorite Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to, to paint a picture for you guys. My family would watch Christmas movies before bed on Christmas Eve each year. And for the first seven years of my life, it was White Christmas every year. Which, you know, as an adult I enjoy, but as a kid I hate it. I, would, I, can, I can understand that. I would much rather watch Jingle All the Way, which we talked about last week, or um, Jim Carrey's Grinch was another one. Home Alone was another one. Uh, the original animated Grinch. But never really got to say so, being the youngest. Um, it wasn't until around the time of seven or eight that this became the movie that my family would watch before bed on Christmas, which was fantastic. So, Carly, when was the first time you watched Christmas Vacation, and how does it compare to how you feel about it now? Well, I mean, as usual, I have no idea when the first time I watched this movie was. I do remember it being a big part of my childhood, like you said, um, not necessarily on Christmas Eve, but in the Christmas season. My family would always watch it together. We speak in lines from this movie all year round. So this is one of those movies that just really kind of captures the Christmas season for me. It, it doesn't feel like Christmas until we've watched it. And, you know, especially with my dad and decorating the house. And he always put the lights up outside and had the best lights display in the neighborhood. Puts the pig on the roof. Crispy bacon. Yep. Name the pig. Got that from me. Yep, he did. Um... So, you know, it was always, hey, Griswold, what are you doing with the lights and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, this movie just holds a special place in my heart for the for the Christmas season. Yeah, you know, the first time I watched Christmas Vacation was, again, when I was around seven or eight years old on Christmas Eve. I remember my family owning the VHS for what seemed like forever and always seeing it in our VHS collection. But it was on the off-limits for me list. It's weird. My parents had a weird criteria. I could watch movies like Terminator 2 and Kindergarten Cop and Twins. What's inappropriate in Christmas Vacation? I don't know. We'll have to ask your mom. I really don't know. (laughs) So uh, it was kind of in that uh, criteria for me for whatever reason. It was never one I remember anyone really watching either. Hmm. So... That's so surprising. It wasn't until that Christmas that we watched watched it. And I remember loving it and eating it up, even though some of the jokes kind of went over my head. The slapstick stuff really hit home with me. I watch it now, and I just continue to find things that crack me up on each viewing, from Cousin Eddie to the slapstick comedy, and of course the insanely quotable lines. This one is one that I watch every Christmas with fond memories, and, uh, and I always have a full heart watching it. Not to mention, I just really love what the movie is about. It's about a middle-class American family man in over his head around the holidays, just trying to provide for his family and loved ones by giving them a Christmas that they will never forget, but trying so hard that he kind of loses the meaning of Christmas. You know, And by the end of the movie, he kind of realizes it's about spending time with your loved ones in those little moments. Um, not everything has to be like this grand gesture you know Mm -hmm. and boastful things i just i I really really love that um the rotten tomato score on this movie currently six six sits at 68 percent with a consensus being while christmas vacation may not be the most uh disciplined comedy which i don't know what that means exactly 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that means. It's got enough laughs and good cheer to make a solid seasonal treat. Do you think this movie is just solid? I mean, I guess as far as movies go, it's just solid. But the the role that it plays in the culture and I mean, do you know anybody that hasn't seen this movie? I know a couple of people. Really? Yeah. I mean, it, I guess it shocked me that people in your family hadn't seen A Christmas Story. But I guess maybe that's a Cleveland thing. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't see A Christmas Story until I was married to you. Or at this point, I was... That's just sacrilege. Yeah. Well, I, didn't, I never... Li- like, I remember watching it on TV, or watching parts of it, and not really thinking it was that funny. So I never really walked back to watch it. It's not even that it's funny. I mean, it is funny, but... Yeah, it's got some funny parts in it. You know, watching it with you and having seen the house and knowing what it's like to grow up in those harsh winters in Cleveland. Yeah. It, it adds a layer to it of appreciation that I didn't have before. But I mean, I think that's true for a lot of people with Christmas Vacation, too, is we can all, especially as we get closer to adulthood, I don't think you and I have quite reached adulthood yet, but... Not yet. We'll we'll get there. Maybe. (laughs) We put Baby Yoda on top of our Christmas tree. I don't know that we will get there. His name is Grogu. His name is Baby Yoda. I don't care about it. I don't care. It's Grogu. No. Grogu. You're Grogu. (laughs) Sounds like a Dragon Ball Z character. Um... (laughs) Anyway, the point is, we've all kind of experienced that, the desire to make Christmas perfect and to have this beautiful, like, home and garden magazine. I want to say Betty Crocker. What's her name? Martha Stewart. Um, Those are not the same person. You know, the Martha Stewart Christmas (laughs) with the beautifully wrapped gifts and the perfect tree and the everything orderly. And you realize once it's actually Christmas time, it's a lot of dirty dishes and mm-hmm. stuff everywhere and nothing ever goes perfect but it's within those imperfect moments that we have perfect yeah moments. silly goofing around and those are the memories that always stick like ben smacking the bottom out of baby yoda with the back of a claw tooth hammer to get him on top of our christmas tree <laughs> it worked didn't it it did it worked perfectly <laughs> poor grogu uh yeah for me like like you said like if i'm grading this movie like I was grading like an Oscar winner movie. It's a little bit different. Like this movie, the message of it's very clear. It's very basic. You don't really have to read too much into it. Yeah. But comedies are almost like a, a comedy and horror are like two incredibly different, but also very similar genres where you can forgive a lot as long as it, if it's a horror movie scares you. Yeah, that's true. And as long as it's a comedy movie, makes you laugh. Yeah. And a comedy movie, if you can do either comedy or horror great, then usually you succeed very well in drama. Not always, but most of the time you see people making that jump. And that's because comedies are very, very hard to do. Yeah. And for this movie to still have the kind of impact that it's had over the years, you know... It, to me, it's surprising that it sits at 68%, especially because this is my favorite Christmas movie. Yeah. Now, is it as morally right as like a movie like It's a Wonderful Life? Probably not. I mean, you could argue that this and A Wonderful Life have very similar moral messages. Yes. But one is a very well-made drama and loved and this is like a comedy that's almost it's a slapstick comedy and if you you can look it up on youtube i highly suggest it look up the review from siskel and ebert on this movie 
It is interesting, to say the least. It really goes back to what I always say. History is the best judge of movies. And if you're talking about a movie that came out, you know, 10 years ago, still to this day and debating its merits, then it's going to have a longer, better shelf life and be looked at more fonder than a movie that came out with, like, let's say, a 90% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and then people kind of instantly forget about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. So, history is always the the greater judge of of movies, Mm -hmm. I think. But moving on, um, let's get into some fun facts here. Uh, After falling to get the Christmas lights to work, or falling, after failing. I mean, he fell also, but mostly failing. (laughs) After failing to get the Christmas lights to work one last time, Clark Griswold takes his frustrations out on a plastic uh, decorations in the front yard. Chevy Chase actually broke his pinky finger while punching Santa Claus. (laughs) He uh, resorts to kicking and clubbing the decorations after that. The film kept rolling and the take was used. Have you ever, in a fit of rage, gone off, punched something, hit something, broken something, and then hurt yourself in the process? I don't think so. I mean, you're asking me if I've ever punched Santa in the face around Christmas. Not Santa, (laughs) specifically, but like any, like, have you ever, in a fit of rage, like he does in this scene, in glorious fashion, just get so angry that you just unload... And accidentally hurt yourself. I don't think I have. I don't think I've ever gotten so ticked at something that I physically went after it. Except one kid in third grade at my friend's birthday party, but I didn't catch him. He was faster (laughs) than me, so. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can't remember his name now. Oh, that's going to bother me. It's a little blonde-headed kid. He was really popular. (laughs) It was like Steven or something mom if you're listening to this call me tell me that kid's name (laughs) now see like i i don't think i've ever done that maybe when i was in high school and i threw my my headgear against something and it bounced back and hit me in the yeah in the area that would hurt the worst at that moment in time Mm -hmm. so not only was i ticked off but i was in some pain physically So, yeah, that's a shame. So that 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 was terrible. Um, according to an article on the making of Home Alone uh, in Chicago Magazine, Chris Columbus, the director of that, and also the first two Harry Potter movies, and the movie we talked about last week, he was a uh, I think he was like an executive producer hmm. or a, just a producer in general of the film. Um, states that he was the original director for the movie, although he filmed some second uh, unit establishing shots, which he claims are still in the finished film. He left after two meetings with Chevy Chase and told writer and producer John Hughes, there's no way I can do this movie. I know I can, uh, I know I need to work, but I can't do it with this guy. Oh. He was sent the script to Home Alone in its, in its place. Um, what are your thoughts on this specifically? I don't, I don't know if you're... I don't know if I have thoughts on that specifically. Um, yeah, so like... Obviously, I, I don't know that I've ever heard anything about Chevy Chase as an actor. But with a comedy and with something with this kind of family feel, you'd imagine that the relationship would have to be especially good 
between the director and the cast. Yeah, well, I've, I've heard around this time that Chevy Chase was kind of difficult to deal with. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't really know the, the end all be all to this situation. You know, obviously, I, I like Chris Columbus as a director. I think he's actually quite good. Um, but I, I think that, I don't know. I, I, I don't really have one one thing specifically to say on this other than I think it's interesting that Chris Columbus was originally going to direct this. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, when Clark and Cousin Eddie are talking in the living room, they are drinking eggnog out of Wally World mugs. Wally World was the... Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Wally World was the destination of, destinations of Griswold's in the National Lampoon uh, vacation movie. Now, this is true. I've only ever seen the first vacation like once. Yeah, I think that's true and for me too. it was a long time ago. So I do not remember much, much of it. I remember very, very little of it. And it's interesting that Christmas Vacation, which seems like it would be kind of an offshoot in the series, is the one that has the lasting impact. Yeah. Um, it, to, yeah, to me, this is the, probably the best one. I remember watching Vacation. I liked it. But again, I remember it's it's been so long ago since I've seen it. European Vacation, I have seen recently. I don't like that movie. I don't think it's very I funny. Know. I don't even know that I've heard of that. And Vegas Vacation, which came out after this, came out in like 97, is one of those movies that I liked as a kid, but I watch it now and I'm like, mm, not very good. Yeah, I don't know this, that I remember or care about any of the other ones. This, to me, is the, the standout of the, the series, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, the only vacation... This is the only vacation movie not to feature the... Uh, Lindsay Buckingham song Holiday Road. Oh. You've heard that song, right? No. Holiday Road. Nope. Not familiar. Mm-hmm. I really wish you'd keep singing, though. Absolutely not. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. Those goosebumps will go away in about 20 minutes. <laughs> as, <laughs> as the Griswold family members uh, are arriving at the front door, It's a Wonderful Life, which is a movie we've talked about. Is showing is showing on the television. That film was directed by uh, Frank uh, Capra. Uh, Capra's grandson, Frank Capra the Third, was assistant director on this film. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Very interesting indeed. Uh, that is a that's a great movie. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. I will say the first like it's it's silly with the parts where they're in high school and they're clearly like maybe 30, 35. 40. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're supposed to be in I high school. I think that's always the problem in movies, right? <laughs> got teenagers being played by 40-year-olds. Yeah. But I, I, I do really enjoy that movie quite quite a, quite a big deal. Um, great deal, I should say. The only vacation film in which the family doesn't travel anywhere is this one. Um, except in the opening scene where they go, you know, to the woods for a Christmas tree. The Christmas tree. (laughs) So you think with a movie titled Christmas Vacation, they would be going somewhere. Well, not really, because, like, it's Christmas Vacation from school and stuff. Well, it's Christmas Vacation for the visiting family members, just not for Mm, them. That's true, too. So it's Vacation for everyone else involving them, but Mm -hmm. not the family itself. Hmm. So I guess you could say it's Christmas Vacation, but... I still think it's because it's, you know, a lot of people call Christmas break Christmas vacation. Or winter vacation, you know. Yeah, I could see that. 
After cutting down the replacement tree with a chainsaw, Clark starts da- uh, stares down the... Jeez, uh, I cannot... I can't read. <laughs> After cutting down the replacement tree with a chainsaw, Clark starts down the stairs and he finds the uh, new, lo- uh, new loose. New he post. then Yeah. No, it's new. The new po- post is, is loose. Mm-hmm. He then lops it off with a chainsaw and announces that he has fixed the new post. Mm-hmm. Sim- similarly... George Bailey and It's a Wonderful Life was constantly irritated by the loose newel post at the bottom of the stairs, which is a, yet another shout out to um, It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. It's also, I think, a characteristic of newel posts. Like, they're always loose. Yeah. A Christmas-themed film uh, that never makes it to the Christmas day. The finals uh, conclusion is on Christmas Eve. Hmm. This is it. Interesting. Yeah. And I never really caught that no, or I paid attention either. to that until after because it's all about i guess the vacation ends on christmas day mm-hmm. and how would you really wrap that up after you've had all the shenanigans that they've had happen on christmas eve yeah um when eddie and clark are in the grocery store the only thing eddie puts in the cart is different <laughs> and dog food. we pointed that out while we were watching it that's so funny i've always thought that though i'm like jesus christ how much dog food does this guy need i mean if you feed a dog different kinds of dog food like that it's gonna get sick exactly it's gonna tear up which i mean i mean it makes sense it's not drink he what he, he drank like a whole thing of uh pens oil did he i don't remember that he's like Cousin Eddie's like, yeah, he drank a whole thing of Pennzoil, boy, when he lifted his leg the next day. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that dog could just put down some food. Of course not. I know. You, you roll over and you let Uncle Clark scratch your belly. <laughs> so gross. Uh, Beverly D'Angelo improvised grabbing Chevy Chase's crotch <laughs> when the SWAT team holds That's up the, the house. Parts of the movie. It is. She later said she did it on only one take, on the off chance that it would make the film's final cut, which it is did. what happened. Mm-hmm. And it's probably the hardest my mom laughs in the movie. Yep. <laughs> she reminds me of your mom in the movie. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> I could see that. Um,. Yeah, but before we get to our award section, we're going to take a quick break let you hear an ad from our sponsor. And we are back. Thank you so much to our sponsor over here at Ben Davis Movie Podcast. But we are moving on to our award section, and we're going to start off with best scenes and moments. And I'm going to start off with the opening credits animation. For no other particular reason, reason than I just I really, really enjoy the opening and the, the song. Oh. Christmas Vacation. See, I really like the song, but I I don't care for the animation. I love takes, the animation. It takes me out of the moment. It's distracting. It's just very goofy and 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 sweet, and gets you into the slapstick nature of what's about to come down on the Griswolds family. Yeah, you know? that's true. It's just it. I, I really enjoy it. Plus, it, it gets Santa Claus involved somehow. Right. Which is always nice. Um, of course, this does lead into my next favorite scene, which is the car ride from hell and getting <laughs> slash getting the tree. I just the way that Clark and Ellen are just staying, you know, trying to stay positive, and the kids are are happy, uh, you know, at the beginning while singing hilariously is what makes it even funnier. You know, the kids aren't buying it at all. Right, <laughs> just kind of sitting in the back board. Take it, Russ. <laughs> la 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 la. <laughs> it's just 
<laughs> Real funny. Of course, a char- car chase sequence is, is hysterical, um, especially when the car gets stuck underneath the 18-wheeler, which, you know, I have some questions about. Right. Uh, Beverly D'Angelo sells it perfectly. You know, just her reaction, the big eyes, and, you know, our father, thou art in heaven. <laughs> Hello be thy name. Well, and her, that's like... <laughs> the perfect setup for her character because throughout the movie she just consistently gets this look on her face that's like really like we're doing this all right you can tell just how much she loves her husband because she doesn't smack him upside the head when he's doing car chases and cutting up newel posts and bringing squirrels in the house and she just she constantly has that look on her face like all right here we go her well her reaction again sells it perfectly and forgive my husband he knows not he knows not what he does um and he agrees with her yeah (laughs) amen Amen. (laughs) um of course you know skipping ahead finding the tree uh she'll see it later honey her Her eyes eyes are frozen frozen. and the makeup is perfect it's really good it's so perfect and of course the the line this tree is assembled the spirit of the griswold family christmas (laughs) (laughs) he's so cold he's developed a lisp um which then of course goes to the the tree and getting the tree down itself Mm mm-hmm and the car driving away with all the roots still attached. And they hike all the way out there. Dad, did you bring a saw? <laughs> yeah. It's great. And then, of course, this, this next thing I have is just a line. Or it's a series of lines. And it's, it's an exchange. Where are you going to put a tree that big? <laughs> Bend over and I'll show you. Got a lot of nerve talking to me like that, Griswold. I wasn't talking to you. it's just something about it that's really funny the the delivery and everything like that it's pretty funny it's great then of course clark putting up the lights of course now this is funny on multiple levels because i'm sure most people listening to this podcast have dealt with putting up christmas lights and the troubles of getting them a untangled and then b making sure that every single light works because if one light is out then the whole strand is pretty much messed up at least from my experience mm-hmm. um but i just <laughs> the ladder skits are really funny him falling off the roof holding the the railing about to uh, slide down the the range uh rain uh catcher what's the, the wow. gutter thank you gutter yeah. why what did that why did that word slip my mind i mean it is a rain catcher yeah <laughs> rain catcher no uh, the gutter and then the ice sliding out the side of it hitting the guy's <laughs> stereo system uh of course followed by the line something had to break the stereo why is the carpet all wet todd i don't know marco <laughs> <laughs> Those two are just ridiculous through the whole movie. They're the best. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to move you on Todd and Margo. <laughs> um, I have a more sentimental moment um, that we're going to discuss here. And that's Clark watching the videos in the attic. It's a pretty sweet moment, you know, because, again, it, it harkens back to the theme of the movie. It's about the moments with the family. Sure, something larger pick. Some larger picture stuff can drag everything down in terms mm-hmm. of getting the entire family involved and the stress with that. 
But what's most important are those moments, those little things, you know, because those are the moments that you remember the right. most. And him seeing the video, seeing, reminiscing on that, it's very sweet. It is. It's very, very sweet. Um, the light's coming on. <laughs> Again, with her face when she flips the switch. Mm-hmm. She's like, Ugh. When they come on for the first time and, you know, blinding the neighbors, it's quite hilarious and probably accurate. You know, the amount of ex- extension cords that they're using is ridiculous and, and probably a fire hazard. Probably at least a little bit. It has to be. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we've already talked about it, but, you know, Clark beating up the Santa Claus <laughs> is pretty, gosh darn, ridiculous and hilarious. And also pretty relatable in the sense that we've all been frustrated. Right. Especially with Christmas lights. Yes. And I haven't done the lighting myself, but I've helped my dad with it on many occasions. And I think that that's a fairly accurate... Like, I don't think my dad ever punched Santa, <laughs> but it's a frustrating process. It is, it is. And cold. Not to mention, how much is that light bill? Oh, probably obscene. How much did those lights cost? Like, just the physical objects themselves. Well, apparently it was 25000 uh imported Italian twinkle lights. Do we know the price of imported Italian twinkle lights? I don't know, but that's the that amount look of exactly lights. like the, the lights that we used to get from Kmart. So maybe so. Maybe he was ripped off. Maybe, maybe. Um, this of course leads to. Oh no! You, you gotta talk about the best line in that sequence. What's the best line to you? The his father's response. Make sure you check every single light. If you need any help, I'll be upstairs to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's when he's turning them on for the first time. Right. It doesn't work. This time is when they actually come on. Right. So that was before that. Really. Yeah. But I just, I love that. Make sure you check them all really carefully and everything. You know, if you need any help, I'll be upstairs to sleep. Yeah. And then Russ walking away. <laughs> Ooh, I got to check the laundry. Got to wash the car. Got to got to pay the phone bill. <laughs> Just naming a bunch of random things that, are, you know, a, a 10 or 9-year-old. Right. Yeah. But my favorite part about this scene in particular is how excited and emotional he gets that he's finally done something successful. And then it's abruptly just pulled the rug out from underneath him because Cousin Eddie has arrived. <laughs> and this scene perfectly introduces that member of the family that we all have and love but are that family member mm-hmm. you know uh, my favorite line from this from that exchange of him just being so uh kerfuffled with him being there is don't forget the rubber sheets and the gerbils <laughs> <laughs> he tells his wife um but it's just that character, man. Cousin yeah, Eddie. He's classic. He's the best character in this movie. I mean, by a lot, right? I mean, he's the most eccentric character in the movie. He's the funniest. Like, I wouldn't, and this is true, don't watch Christmas Vacation 2 because he's the main character. That movie is an abomination. Oh, I've never seen it. It's bad. I didn't even know that it existed until it, this moment. It's bad. Hmm. Uh, he is the main focus. Um, he is one of those characters that is a good sidekick the good B guy, he's not the good A guy. Yeah. And that movie proves that. But he is hysterical in this movie. It's 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 really 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 great. Of course, this leads into probably my mom's favorite scene in the movie, which is when Clark and Eddie catch up 
because he's wearing this like this white shirt oh, that's yeah. completely <laughs> see through, and he has like the was it a mock turtleneck on, and he can oh, see well, where the bib goes down. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's perfect. Um, and of course, he goes to talk about the dog. If the mood catches him right, he'll just grab you by the le- leg and he'll just go to town. He won't. He don't want to be wearing shorts, short pants, if you know what I mean. And then, of course, he goes on to say the line of, um, word of warning, though, if he lays into you, it's best just let him finish. <laughs> yeah. He goes on to talk about his family with the, current the daughter off the wild turkey and my son, he's preparing for his career. <laughs> he goes, what career college carnival he's gonna be working for the yak lady mm-hmm. she's ugly as sin but but a sweet gal and a hell of a cook yep pretty funny pretty funny stuff ah, cousin eddie every time Catherine, this is this is a line every time Catherine would rev up the microwave i'd piss my pants i forget who it was for a half hour or so. <laughs> talking about the metal plate in his head <laughs> yeah <laughs> My dad used to quote that line of, if this hair gets, if it gets dented, then my hair just ain't gonna look right. Just ain't gonna look right. (laughs) Chevy Chase's facial expression of. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What are your thoughts on the conversation between Clark and Ruby Sue? It's so sweet and sad. You know, I mean, you, you get those jarring moments where Ruby Sue and her sweet little voice is swearing up a storm. Um, yeah, he just, he wants to help. He's a good uncle. You know, they're, they're good kids and you feel for them. And it's really, you know, you've got that contrast between Eddie and Catherine who, you know, appear, appear to be good parents and good, good people. They're just a little eccentric. Um, but they're really broke. Um, because Eddie's holding out for a management position. (laughs) But then... It kind of puts puts in sharp relief Clark's problem of not getting this bonus check that's big enough to put in a Christmas pool for his family. Yeah. You know, and I'm like that's a that's a kind of a bougie problem to have at that point. So it's nice. It, it really shows family dynamics and puts everything kind of into perspective. Yeah, the the conversation between them it, it's very touching. It shows how hard it is for poor families during the holidays. You know. Mm-hmm. And how the idea of the perfect holiday season and having, you know, to do with gifts and making every event special just isn't what Christmas is about in the long run. It's about, you know, again, those moments and those reminders that make it special and what Clark kind of decides to do after that, you know, is Mm -hmm. very, very sweet. Um, Because he decides to, to tell, which I'm getting ahead to one of my moments, but I'll go ahead and throw it in there. Clark telling Eddie he's buying his Christmas. Yeah. Because it's very sweet. It is. And, you know, the, well, this is just a real nice surprise. You know? <laughs> but then, of course, followed by the, oh, well, here's a list. Like, he already had yeah. the list made out. <laughs> it's pretty funny. And it's alphabetical, starting with the wife. Yeah, starting with Catherine. <laughs> but I skipped over to talk about that. Probably my favorite scene in this movie. Oh, really? Merry Christmas! Shitter was full. Uh-huh. 
Oh, honey, have you checked our shitters? <laughs> yeah. Have you checked our shitters lately? <laughs> but the, the funniest part of this isn't... I mean, that is in itself funny. It's told at humor, though. Right. But the funniest part of this is seeing Todd's reaction. When he goes outside and then, like, he goes to stretch his leg and then automatically just drops it and just looks like he's seen death. Mm-hmm. Then just goes back in the house. After uh, Eddie says, Merry Christmas! Jenner was full! <laughs> I'm so happy about the fact that we went to uh, the uh, Christmas Story house and we went to that gift shop. And I got the Merry Christmas Shitter Was Full shirt. It is a great shirt. It is and a great shirt. it's a classic line. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. The arrival of Aunt Bethany and Uncle oh, Lois. that's just pitiful. What do you think about this scene? You said you think it's pitiful? I just, I feel for Aunt Bethany and Uncle Lewis. Especially Aunt Bethany. She's just very confused, poor dear. And her cat. She, she wrapped up her damn cat. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, okay, so the thing is, is she's a sweetheart, but Uncle Lewis is the definition of of an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> it's the worst. But they're the second best part of this movie to me. I agree. They are. You were saying Eddie's the best character, and I was like, oh, I had Bethany. I, mean, <laughs> I, I agree that Eddie's better, but she gives him a run for it. Oh, dear. Did I break wind? Jesus, Bethany, did the room clear out? Hell no, she means presents. You shouldn't have bought presents. <laughs> it's it's hysterical. Yeah, I, I, I love the arrival of them. Yep. And the, the cat moving around in the box. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, the dinner sequence. So this stretches out a lot longer than I remember. Yeah, it does. It really, really does. Like the 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 span of it, it it lasts a lot longer because Clark is constantly having to get up mm-hmm. to do stuff. Of course, it starts out very tender and sweet, but then you get the turkey. Yeah. And it's like, okay, the turkey looks great. How do you get a turkey to look like that on the inside? What? What? I don't think you could. No, you can't. But like, I, I don't get that. Did she take? Because it looked like all the meat was gone. I think it was just so dried out that it was all sucked into the bones. Was the idea? <laughs> you know, so it's a, it's a. Told you we put it in too early. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh God. Of but course. she didn't clean out the the giblets and everything. So they, yeah, <laughs> here's the heart. They're all like mm. <laughs> chewing it down, um, and then uh, Clark Clark is trying to wash it down. Yeah, eating the Jello. Hey, Bethany, does your cat like Jello by chance? The <laughs> uh, dog throwing up under the table. Yeah, is hysterical. Getting into the trash and having to leave to clean up the trash, then sitting back down, and then of course, uh, Uncle Lewis lighting the tree on fire. Yep. The camera, <laughs> the camera pan for that is perfect because it's set right there, and then all you, all of a sudden you see the flame goes, <laughs> woof, like it's just real, real funny. But Clark's Christmas rant. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's why you couldn't watch the movie. Maybe. Might be it. But they drop F-bombs in Terminator 2. I guess, but not in, not in a family context. 
on the eve of Jesus' birthday. Yeah. Yeah. See, now, I haven't gotten mad enough to punch Santa, but I have gone on rants like that. I mean, we all have. Mm-hmm. You've seen me on quite a few. Yep. Yeah. So, it's... it's <laughs> this is the most relatable and most epic rant in about any movie I I've ever seen. I aspire to those profanity skills. Yeah. Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? <laughs> it's just, it's perfectly delivered. Uh, I, 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 I love it. I also really love when the family tries to leave. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have the ha- ha- happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny fucking K. And when Santa squeezes his fat ass down that chimney tonight, he's going to find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the house. <laughs> <laughs> his father all looks at him and goes, you're goofy. He goes, don't piss me off, Art. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Come on, who has not been yelled at to be more cheerful by a parent on Christmas? <laughs> the jolliest bunch of We're going to have a nice Christmas, damn it! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's... Oh, God, that's so funny to me. But again, then you round it out with, like, a very touching moment between father and son he's having with his father and you know about him putting things into perspective and letting him know that it's about the effort not necessarily the execution right you know and no no holiday family gathering is perfect you know but it's not about being perfect it's about giving people those moments that they look back on fondly right you know just being together just being together being there being present the kid's name was Stephen Grader by the way (laughs) I just remembered Yay! Yay! Okay. <laughs> so if you're out there, sorry. Um, so I don't have a again. This is this is more of a, a line of dialogue from this movie, but it's always made me and my brother laugh. He was a huge, beastly, bulging <laughs> man. I can see you and your brother making the face and doing that. <laughs> it's just, uh, dude. It's it's so funny. <laughs> like, this whole movie's hilarious. So. Out of all those scenes and lines and moments that I just named, which one is the one that stands out the most to you? Oh. It's so hard to pick just one. It is. Because the movie just flows so right. perfectly with its comedy. Yeah. That it, it's it's hard to pick a single moment that makes you laugh the hardest. I think I gotta go with Merry Christmas, Shitter's Full. Yeah, that's mine too. Yeah. It's just, it's... <laughs> I mean, it's just, that's just the line, right? I mean, I can't even count the number of times since adulthood that <laughs> I've greeted people with Merry Christmas shitters full. Yeah. Or vice versa, you know? Or the fact that I just, I have a shirt. And you I do. W- you have a shirt that says that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're in agreement on that one. Um, but nothing can be perfect as Christmas, you know, as I've stated before. No moment's perfect. No family gathering's perfect. No movie's perfect. Um, worst scenes and moments. And I only have one, really. And it's because it's never made me laugh. And it feels so out of place compared to the rest of the movie. That's the sled scene. The fact oh, you don't like the sled scene? I don't. I noticed um, that we had skipped over that. I it, it To me, it, it doesn't... I don't know. It just feels so out of place. It feels like it should be in great outdoors, mm. which is, you know, another family favorite. But it, it's, I don't know. It just feels so out of place. Okay. I can buy that. Yeah. 
Um, that's the only moment I have, though. Do you have any? The the scene with Audrey and her mom in the kitchen where Audrey's mm-hmm. complaining about the family being there, like, it's it's funny, but that's one that always feels out of place to me, too. Why? Um, I mean, just like, would it be out of line to ask the grandparents to stay at a hotel? And when Grandpa answered the phone, he told What's-His-Face that I w- couldn't come to the phone because I was going to the bathroom. And it's, it's very, like... It's very typical whiny teenage girl in a way that she doesn't really play into throughout the rest of the movie. No, the kids are pretty much essentially a non-factor in this movie. Yeah. Um, and then... what? What's the mom's name? Ellen. Ellen, thank you. I, I was thinking Anne for some reason. No. Ellen says, well, I have to sleep with your father... And Is I can it tell different than sleeping with your brother. Right. Yeah. Like it's it's supposed to be funny and it's it's a little funny, but I never feel like that lands. The, Get off me, you little fungus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, that line always used to make my sister laugh. So that was funny. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. My oldest sister. I used to take turns. Sometimes I was when I was younger and I didn't want to sleep by myself, I would either sleep in my oldest sister sister's bed with her or I'd sleep in the bed with my brother. Yeah. One of the two. So that was always their their a funny moment for for us. You are quite the bed hog. I am. Mm-hmm. I am. Um, best performance. Who you got? Chevy Chase has the most range here. Yeah, but it's got to be Randy Quaid for me, man. Mm. Look, that guy. Like, I know people have their their feelings about him personally, and I certainly do too. But his performance in this movie is flawless it is flawless because yeah, it's, but, it's, I mean, it's so real hard to play an idiot no but it, he's so damn funny yeah. and like he doesn't play an idiot like he you genuinely believe that this guy has a heart of gold and has the best intentions he's just very dumb <laughs> he's just very 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 dumb and it's hard to play a balance of being like that dumb and lovable at the same time. And he somehow manages to do it. Yeah, that that is a hard balance to strike. And and he does it. I think effortlessly, almost. <laughs> and it works the best in this movie. I know he's in the original Vacation. He's in Vegas Vacation as well. But it, he works the best in this movie. Alright, I sure. buy it. Uh, who would you give it to? You said Chevy Chase. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. The Does This Make Sense Award. Oh, I've got so many things for this. Yeah. Actually, I think I only have two, maybe three. But they're they're big ones and they bother me every time we watch it. It's okay. I have 11. We'll probably get to it. All right. Go. <laughs> what, what are the odds of successfully ending up under a truck only to get you know out of it without an injury at all? I think pretty slim. Yeah. yeah. Very, very slim. And to keep up the pace of being... Yeah, that's, that's a yeah. no-go. Uh, how did the Griswolds get the tree out of the, ch- right? the chainsaw? That was one of mine too. So, like, there's two options. They could either either drive that that car that they have, which I don't think is making it back there. No, and there's no to... way. With the trudging through the snow up to their knees, it would get stuck. Yeah, it would definitely get stuck. Wouldn't be able to make it out. Even so, you... so, that's a big freaking pine tree. I don't think that car could pull it out in the snow. Yeah, so of frozen ground. Yeah, there's no way. Mm-mm. Or they dug it up with their bare hands. <laughs> I mean, was there a shovel somewhere? I doubt it. Yeah. So it, it, it's not very clear, but what is clear is that they somehow cut it out. 
and carried it to yeah. the car. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I have another question about the tree. How did Clark get the tree wrapped up and think, oh, okay, this will fit in the house? Because, you know, of course, when he cuts it off, it, it doesn't. It expands. Yep. Looks great. Loveful. A lot of sap. sap. Yep. <laughs> well, and how did they physically carry a tree of that size into the house? I'm sure you could do it. Him and him and Rusty? Rusty's like 10. He could it's do it. It's a giant tree. I don't think he could do it. I think he could do it. I, th- I think he could do it, no problem. Plus, you know, you had, uh, what's the daughter's name? Rusty and... Audrey. Audrey, yeah. So I'm sure that all of them could have gotten in the house and had no problem. Especially if they dug it out with their bare hands. I mean, maybe I, the solution might be that the Griswolds are, in fact, bionic people. Maybe so, because... Boy, that would actually solve most of my does this make sense of war problems. Maybe so. How many staples did Clark use in the house? Staples? Yeah. Because he staples oh, all the, the lights, lights on. Yeah. yeah. His, his lighting technique is subpar. That's it, my other does this make sense of word thing. Yeah, it is. It, is, it hurts me mm-hmm. to see it. It pains me. Yeah. That is, that is a lot of staples mm-hmm. that you're going to have to rip out. Mm-hmm. That is damaging the house. Yep. Mm-mm. No, sir. And the other thing, speaking of the Christmas lights, if they did, in fact, test every light, which they say they did... They had to have tested them plugged into the wall, which means they shouldn't have worked if they didn't work. Well, they worked. In the final. The moment. problem is, is that the there were so many lights plugged in, the lights in the room had to be turned on as well for that to work. Well, it's not about how many lights are plugged in; it's just that the switch on. had to be turned on. Yeah, which would be true when they're testing it as well. So they should have found that problem when they tried to test the first string, if they in fact tested all of the strings. Maybe so. It's a flaw. Maybe so. It's not how we do it. Why are Clark's in-laws such dicks? I mean, you and I are very fortunate in that we both ended up with awesome in-laws. But I think many people have one set of in-laws that's a dick. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty blessed in the sense that I love Larry and Amy. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. And your parents are amazing. Yeah. So, so blessed. we're blessed in that we sense. Are. But I think we, we, we both know a lot of people that... Have contentious relationships with their in-laws. But they are, like, they. I guess maybe because my memory is not fresh on vacation that I just don't remember why they hate him so much. You know, but they, they are assholes to him. Yeah. Any chance that they get to make a comment about him, they do until, of course, the end. But we also get the sense that his parents are mean to, or his mother is mean to her mother. Yeah. Your mother so accuses my mother of waxing her upper lick, lip. She says, your mother waxes her upper lip? She has for years. Which, by the way, body positivity is not unusual. Many no. women wax their upper lips. Yes. Except many women do not buy cheap hot dogs. She That was the thing. She accused, my mother accuses your mother of buying cheap hot dogs. Are there expensive hot dogs? I don't know. I thought... I, I mean, like... Walmart brand versus Frank's brand, or yeah, I don't know the the what's the difference between like the red hot dogs and then the like. Not I don't even want to know what the heck is in red hot dogs. I've never in my life eaten a red hot dog, and I don't think I will start. I don't like it. Don't like them. Well, the thing is, I don't like hot dogs. I love hot dogs. I think that I like hot dogs until I'm eating a hot dog, and then I realize this is disgusting, and I hate it. Remember that time I ate six hot dogs at an Indians game. 
ballpark hot dogs are different though that was glorious that was glorious and ballpark hot dogs are different fundamentally there's something about them that is different in composition i just think this might be the experience that heightens it for you maybe no i really believe they taste different okay okay now how was everyone asleep then all of a sudden awake enough by the time Clark was stuck stuck up in the attic that no one heard him slamming the door and screaming. Cause it happens very it That's happens a good point. it happens very quick. He comes out the bedroom with the presents and it's like sneaking around like everybody is asleep. He's still in his PJs, goes up the stairs um to the attic. He's in there for maybe, you know, what seems like maybe a couple minutes. And then his mother-in-law shuts the attic door on him, and then everyone's out the house. Maybe they're downstairs and they're not asleep, but it does seem like they're asleep. Yeah, it seems like they're asleep. So they should be able to hear him. You know what I mean? Well, and then the grandpa talks about going to get lunch, so it's yeah, like so he can take afternoon. his back pill. Uh huh. <laughs> hmm. I have to eat so I can take my back pill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that whole time sequence is confusing. It's very confusing. Again, we've already covered this, but I'll go into it anyway. How much would that light bill be? That's insane. It's got to be insane. Like, oh dear God. Yeah. Like, that's expensive. Who told Eddie about the family gathering? Do you think he just guessed? I mean, maybe he just went to them anyway for help with the Christmas presents and didn't know about the family gathering. I don't think he went to help with it. I think he just wanted to be near them, maybe. Oh, I think he went for help with the Christmas. I don't know. I think he's I think he's so lovable and everything. I don't think he's the type of person to take advantage of people. He gave them a list of presents for him and Catherine as well. Well, I'm sure like it's again, it's very very funny, but also I think there's there's two outcomes of that. Either A, it's like we talked about before where and like you just suggested where he already had this list made up. Or it's B, he was given this list and he doesn't have anything to buy it with or any money to, to, to oh, buy it no. with, so he gave it to him. If it's alphabetical starting with Catherine, he made that list up. <laughs> for sure. So you think he just went up there for help with Christmas? I do. Okay. And in the same way that him holding out for a management position doesn't hold him in high esteem in my mind... <laughs> That that really lessens his lovability for me. Much I don't I don't know that I like that quality about myself, but it does. But he's holding up for a management position. Yeah. <laughs> he also doesn't eat squirrel because they're high in cholesterol now. I mean that I understand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so why do the police raid Todd and Margot's house at the end of the movie? Like that makes no sense that they would just raid that house. I don't they raid it they're they're going for a they vantage point bust into that house right but they're like, going for if you a wanna, vantage point if you want to get into this house you're gonna have to break down the gosh darn door and then they kick down the door and they're in the house well right but they need that angle to like swoop in on the griswolds yeah but they could have just knocked and asked they, they did did they have a search warrant to be inside her property no. I don't know, but I don't think you need a search warrant if there's clear and present danger. Yeah, but within that house specifically, probably not. No, but like if you need it for a vantage point. Why would you need that house for a vantage point when you already have what is 
what looks like a SWAT team. It is a SWAT. I think it's a couple SWAT teams. Yeah. With, like, rappelling down the Griswold's house. Like, why did you need to do that? I there's so much There, there's so much extra involved yeah. in that entire scene. Well, Tootin is a rich I, guy got kidnapped, you know? That I, I have many questions involving Privileges that. of the rich, I'm telling you. I have, I have many, many questions involving the police's ta- tactics and antics during mm-hmm. that whole final raid. Um, so... Out of all those, what is the most glaring issue that you have? I mean, literally glaring would be the lights, but the tree really bothers me. Pulling out the tree? How did that tree (laughs) get from the frozen solid ground halfway up a mountain onto their car? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to agree with you. That's the one I'm just like, God, I wish they would have showed us how they did that. Mm -hmm. But that cutaway is glorious. But I mean... There could theoretically be like a plausible explanation for that. Maybe a bunch of hillbillies with a shovel in the truck like rolled up and they dug it out. Or maybe, you know, like there are things that happen that could make that make sense. The light thing, either somebody is lying or it just, you know, it can't possibly work. I mean, it's very possible because he asked Russ, we checked them all, didn't we? Sure did, Dad. Sure did. But if if they checked even one light, they should have caught that issue. Maybe. Okay, but the tree is still. Yeah, the tree, for sure, for sure. All right, who are you giving the MVP award to? See, I would give the MVP award to the actor that plays Eddie, but the best performance to Chevy Chase. Okay, so your MVP is uh, Randy Quaid. Sure. Okay. So my MVP is a little different. Who's your MVP? It's Todd and Margo. Oh, uh, respect. Yes, Okay. Todd and Margo. They are so freaking funny. Each scene with them is really hysterical. Is. And they only have like a couple seconds to make it work. Yeah, but. because they're the perfect snobby couple. Mm-hmm. Like she's clearly the dominant one in their relationship. And he's kind of just like that pushover like dude. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's just, it's, it's really Thinks he's all that, but he's really not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like... Let's go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> going in somewhere they're going and with going their inside. futuristic jumpsuits and their yeah. It's like I want to drink a bottle of wine, kiss every square inch of your body, and they're just like after you do the dishes for or after we shower first, of course. Shower first, of course. Mm-hmm. He says, "Yeah, sure, sure." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're just funny. Yep, they're funny. And then she decks him in the face at the end too, mm-hmm. which not, is not cool. Spousal abuse is not okay. She's like, if you're not. Man enough to put it into this shit that I am. Sexist. <laughs> she punches, uh, well, she gets attacked by the squirrel and then by snot. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. He, that man should have been by his girl's side, but he was not. But at, at the end of the day, why would you recommend this movie? I think this movie is just, for one thing, it's fun. But it's also just a really good reminder that Christmas is family time and family is messy and chaotic and unexpected and all of those things. It doesn't look the way you think it's going to look, but in the end, that's what makes it awesome. Yeah, man. Like, I I love this movie. It's really, really gosh darn funny. Like, this is the only Christmas movie that you could probably pop on in July and I'll be like, okay, we'll yeah, watch right. it. We'll watch it. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's funny it's sincere. It's got the slapstick humor, which, you know, is when it works, it works really well and it ages really well. But if it doesn't work, it's 
just doesn't work. And it just it works so well in this movie. Of course, Randy Quaid is so great in this. You know, this is the best vacation movie. I just I really adore it. And of course, it's message of not every family event has to be perfect. What's important is that you're present and that you're there. Mm-hmm. And you try to make the best of it. Yep. You know, because no situation is ever going to be perfect. And if you're a kid, you appreciate the work that goes on behind the scenes. Exactly. Because your parents, you know, or people who love you are trying their hardest to make Christmas the best. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. But that is it for this week's show, Carly. Um, well, thank you for having me on. Of course. Thank you for joining me on this week's pod and making me the jolliest asshole this side of the nut house. Oh, that's yes. so sweet. Of course. We'll be back next month when we go to tackle the fantasy genre. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Got some got some good ones in there. Not a lot of franchise stuff in there. No. Fantasy mm-hmm. is my favorite genre. It, it is probably mine, too. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of franchise stuff in there. I did it on purpose, uh, planning something in the future. We'll, we'll see how that goes. No spoilers. But um, mm-hmm. but uh, until then, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you can stay up to date with all the latest content I have for you guys. And while you're at it, why don't you go ahead and give me a follow over at Ben Davis Movie Podcast where I post reviews on movies from time to time. Again, we might have a change on that in the future as well. But anyways, guys, till next time, stay classy. Oh, 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 oh,